everyone, and welcome to Emerging Trends in Higher Ed. My name is Samantha Wilcox, and I am your moderator for this podcast series. Joining us today is Dr. Maggie Broderick from NCU School of Education. Thanks for joining us today, Maggie. Thanks, Sam. It's great to be here. Excellent. Well, Dr. Broderick is here to discuss how to help today's parents think about K-12 online education. So let's jump in. Now, Dr. Broderick, what roles do you currently have at NCU and elsewhere? Well, my Facebook profile introduction really says it all, I think. Uh, It's pretty short. I'm a professor, teacher, mom, and wife. Uh, I'm a faculty member here in the School of Education at NCU, and I teach 100% online from home. Uh, These days, everybody in my household is also working or learning from home uh, due to the current situation with COVID-19. So I'm I'm not alone in that, you know, for sure. Uh, A lot of us are wearing a lot of hats these days. We're juggling a lot, uh, especially parents who are working or going to school themselves, all in addition to raising and educating their children at home, um, perhaps online. So our days are really full these days. Absolutely. Now that definitely brings up K-12 online education and how it's suddenly in many parents' lives. Um, Now, what should parents be thinking about regarding K-12 online education? That's a great question. Um, It's such a new thing for a lot of us to think about. And it's important to understand that there's really a huge difference uh, between emergency remote learning such as right now with COVID-19 restrictions or maybe some other sudden emergency, um, like if a child had a sudden illness or accident and it was not planned for. Um, These things do happen sometimes. It's not just the COVID-19 situation. And that's different from regular online learning. Uh, The reason is with regular online learning, the student and the parent have typically already explored other options. And they've come to the conclusion somehow together uh, before starting that online learning would best serve their needs. Uh, Maybe it's temporary, maybe it's long-term, but they made the choice. But because of the difference with that emergency situation versus a planned situation and those scenarios, uh, the strategies really depend on your situation and your needs. Basically, if parents and children find themselves suddenly forced into online learning, it feels different than if they made that choice and they had the time to think about it and to decide that online learning was best for them. Um, With emergency remote learning, the first and most important step for students and parents to think about is they need to take that time to talk about that that emergency situation, ease those fears and anxieties, and just sort of establish that everyone's going to do the best they can and be reasonable, be pragmatic and realistic and gentle with yourselves. And um, it's a transition. so, So be kind to yourself, parents. Absolutely. Such great advice. Now, what specific strategies uh, could be helpful for parents and students in either type of situation? Oh, that's a great question. So thinking about emergency remote learning um, versus regular, there are some things that will help anybody once they kind of get past that that step, whether it's a choice or or it's an emergency. Um, So I have a few ideas I can share with you. Uh, Number one really is that you need to assess your technology needs. Everyone's going to have a different situation. So Basically, what devices are either provided by your school or are already available in your home? Some families have more options than others, and there are huge disparities. Uh, Many families share devices or maybe don't don't have many devices at all. So maybe if one more more than one device is available in the home, um, the devices, which ones would serve the uh, people's needs the best? And you have to balance that out. Um, For example, a laptop might work better than a tablet for certain types of work. 
uh, such as creating a Word document or something like that. It's tricky to do on a tablet. Um, if you need to share that with a teacher, uploading it or to a Google Doc or something, you might do better with a tablet or a, a standalone computer than with a, you know, I'm sorry, with a laptop or a standalone computer rather than a tablet. Um, but in addition to the devices uh, with Wi-Fi, connectivity and things like that, we have disparities. So some people may not even have um, the same access there. And that's a big issue. Um, the next thing is work areas. So once you've thought about those devices and what you might be able to do with that, um, even though most devices like laptops and tablets are mobile, it's really smart to choose a quiet and comfortable place so that you're really um, able to focus and stick with that as your place where your schoolwork gets done. Uh, it helps the child to focus and it cuts down on issues like lost papers and work and some power cord going missing and <laughs> things like that, um, all of those sorts of things. Um, along the same line, there's the schedules. You have to think about sharing devices and who's going to work when and where and um, what works best for each individual and their needs. Um, a teenager might actually sleep in a bit and prefer to start work uh, later in the day, but a smaller child maybe earlier. Um, different kids have different needs, so you have to think about kind of differentiating instruction uh, one thing is it's a little more flexible, which is nice for online learning. Uh, for example, maybe one student needs to watch a video several times and rewatch it more than once, and somebody else doesn't have to do that. And that's what's actually pretty cool about online learning and actually an advantage to it. Um, it can be done sort of more individualized uh, with online. And it's really nice because you can reach out to the teachers and see if they can provide some extra support. Maybe you need more support on this one thing. Um, but not the other thing because you've mastered this, but you need additional materials. Um, so just just like the students, we're learning as we go as parents, but reach out to those um, to those teachers to see where you need extra help. You brought up the point that some students have different needs. Um, how can parents best support their children who are learning online during this time? Oh, definitely. Whether they're online part-time, you know, or full-time, whether it's temporary, emergency, or whatever the case may be, uh, just like anything else in our parenting, the most important thing is really having that caring and communicative relationship within the family unit. Um, you might be thinking about parents here, but really we have to remember that families are very diverse these days. Many families are grandparents raising their grandchildren. Um, there's foster families and all sorts of different ways that things um, work with families. And so um, not, not all families or even most families have that classic stay-at-home parent 100% of the time. Um, so they do have to work around those work schedules and all different types of uh, diverse needs. And so that really means, means uh, they need to have a solid collaboration and communication between the adults in the home. Um, it's just like, for example, if the kids are in different um, shared custody with divorced parents, communication is really, really key. So communicating between the adults. Um, but most of all, whoever's in charge of taking care of the kids in the home at the given time, they should engage in that caring and ongoing communication with the children. Just like we'd ask them, you know, the kids after school, how's your day? How, what's new? What did you learn at school? Um, we, we should be doing the same with online learning, just, you know, touch base with them. And depending on the child's age, that might be different. It, it might look like sitting with a younger child and talking through some of their work with them, actually working on, say, the math work or something. Well, with an older child, it might mean simply checking in a few times a day um, with that high school kid, just like, hey, how's it going? What do you need? 
Um, but mostly just, again, don't hesitate to phone a friend. <laughs> that's the phrase I like to use, you know, phone a friend, um, because it feels isolating at home. I know that's how it feels, teaching online, learning online, being a parent um, in this particular situation. Phone a friend, <laughs> as the saying goes. So even those of us who do, do use technology all day, um, there's going to be questions they can't answer. The apps might not work right. Something won't, won't load right. Ask other parents. Ask the teachers tech support team for the school, um, maybe for the particular device you're using, there's tech support, and anyone else who could help you solve that. Because really, a simple solution, like changing a password or changing a setting, get, so you, you know, you're back on track. You don't have to be as frustrated. Um, and just being able to Google something and finding a YouTube video, you can move past that if there's some kind of a, a glitch and, and move on forward, because it's pretty frustrating you know, when you're stuck at home and you, you feel like you don't have help. So phone a friend. <laughs> I love that. I, I know parents need the support just as much as the children do during this time. So that is excellent advice. Um, what are some of the other strategies um, or important issues for parents to consider? Well, really, um, I think people realize this on some level, but it's important to really think deeply about online teaching and learning being pretty different in many ways from traditional classroom instruction. Um, the most important difference that people may not realize is most online learning set up more asynchronously, so it's not all happening in real time or not happening live. Um, some things might be synchronous where they're happening at the same time, like a Zoom, a Zoom meeting. Um, but most of the activities are not meant to be synchronous and they're meant to be self-directed and just sort of done on your own schedule. Um, so this is both a pro and a con, positive and a negative, because some kids do better with that than others. Some kids need more direction with that than others. Um, and that self-direction is really a huge part of online learning, no matter what. Um, so most importantly, just remember that that setup and that experience is different than traditional learning in a classroom and be ready to adjust those expectations, be flexible. Um, it might not be the best choice and fit for every student, to be quite honest. Some people are more um, self-directed and more into it than others. But, you know, if you're forced into the situation or if you have chosen it for whatever the case may be, whatever the reason may be, um, you just have to be ready to be flexible and adjust those expectations and go with the flow. And the parents and teachers have to be ready to meet the child where they are and just do our best each step of the way. Yes, definitely all doing our best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, now, since online learning is so different from the structure of a physical classroom, how can parents help their children stay focused and on task while learning at home? Right. Well, if you think about how the school day is organized, um, you can really take some inspiration from that and just kind of imagine that it's, it's a slightly different look to it, but the same ideas, uh, the core ideas are there. So you don't try to replicate that school schedule at home because it's different. Uh, like I said, it's much more self-directed. It's much more asynchronous. It's not the same. So you don't replicate the schedule, but you can take inspiration from it um, because it's, it's set up differently, but the same ideas are important. So you can create a schedule that works for you. Um, I'd just say to consider some ideas like, um, for example, does your student prefer doing one type of task at once, maybe all the math in one day, or spreading it out throughout the week? They're all different. Um, online learning usually would allow for you to make that kind of a choice. So as long as the activities get done, typically that's okay. Um, some kids do better doing all the math in one day, all the spelling in another day, and others don't. Um, but just like I need to remember as a grown-up, take a break. <laughs> just like you'd have recess, downtime, lunch with your friends and so forth, 
it's it's different being alone at home and being online, but you need to take that break and break up the schedule. Um, and that includes moving. There's a really fun app called Go Noodle that kids use in the schools pretty often. It's gonoodle.com. But there's a lot of other ways to do it and just get up and move around. Um, there's so much research about how movement helps our brains and it lowers our stress and our anxiety. So just getting up and down and I sit at a ball a ball chair on my de- at my desk because you need to move. Yeah, humans need to move. So you can try those apps for younger kids or just getting up and moving. Um, but most importantly, we just have to remember that it's very individualized if you are meeting the basic um, expectations from the teachers. So you really, you can do a lot. And just like you have to move, there's wiggle room in how you meet the schedule. So I'd call it like a wiggle room in how you meet the goals as long as you get Um, get things done. Um, There's no one size fits all answer, so to speak. For sure. Um, And in case anybody needs to jot it down again, that was gonoodle.com. So it sounds like a great um, resource for parents with kiddos um, learning at home. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us today, Dr. Broderick. Um, We really appreciate um, your advice, your tips, um, especially during this time for a lot of parents and students who are kind of navigating this new normal. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Well, in the coming weeks, we'll be exploring additional topics with the NCU community. So be sure to check back for new episodes. And on behalf of Dr. Maggie Broderick, this is Samantha Wilcox, reminding you that at NCU, you have what it takes to change the world. We offer what it takes to make it happen. Till next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.